I want you to take your Bibles or your apps or whatever you're reading on today, and I want us to turn again, just like last week, to Acts chapter 28 as we finish up this series on the church. Now, if you're not familiar with where the book of Acts is located, here's what I would encourage you to do. If you've got a physical Bible, open up to the table of contents, and there you're going to find that the Bible's broken up into two main sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, Acts, the book we're in today, is the fifth book of the New Testament. So find the New Testament, five books in is Acts, and go to the very end of that book, chapter 28. Uh, That's where we'll be today. Now, if you're in an app, simply pull down the list of the books of the Bible, and you'll find that Acts is about two-thirds of the way down that list, Acts 28. Now, Uh, When I was in high school, believe it or not, I ran track. Uh, I did two separate uh, competitions in track. I ran the 800 and I did pole vaulting. Now, pole vaulting, I got to tell you, I was terrible at pole vaulting. Uh, First off, it was a tiny town. Uh, I don't think anybody had even attempted to do pole vaulting in our town in years. None of our coaches had been trained in how to coach someone in pole vaulting, uh, but I tried it anyways. And... It was awful. I was a terrible pole vaulter. I never cleared the, the pole to go over the, uh, the height. Um, I did get up a few times, you know, get up and over, just not at the height that I was hoping to get. Uh, but I will tell you this, it was a lot of fun. I was a little better at running the 800, though. Uh, it was a, a race that I could do well. I wasn't a fast sprinter, but I was pretty decent at running uh, for a little bit like mid-long distance, you know, anything like half a mile or less, somewhere in that range, uh, which tells you kind of a little bit about the athlete that I'm not. Uh, But so uh, I went and did track. Um, I I enjoyed it. I had friends that were in track with me and we had a great time. Have you ever run a race? Have you ever been in track or maybe you ran a race for a, a competition at your work or something along those lines? Well, an interesting thing happens in the teachings from Paul, and we're going to look at some of those today. But before we get into those teachings about that, uh, we're going to look at the very end of the book of Acts. We've been in this series uh, for many months, and if you think about it, uh, we began two years ago uh, on this very weekend in a series that took us all the way through all four of the Gospels, the the first four books of the New Testament, which are the, the biographies of Jesus. We went through all four of the Gospels and then went through the entire book of Acts. It took us two years to go through all five of these books, and it has been an amazing biblical journey, and I'm so glad that you've been with us on this journey. Now, as a side note, next week we're going to start our Christmas uh, series called The Christmas Connection, and we hope that you will join us for that series and how Christmas connects us to our Savior. And so I look forward to that next week. But uh, in today's account from the early church and the life of Paul, uh, we're going to look in Acts 28. So take your Bibles, open up there. We're actually going to go to the very end of Acts 28, specifically verses 30 and 31. So Acts 28, 30 through 31. Paul is in uh, Rome now. He is a prisoner there uh, waiting to go before Caesar. 
He has spoken to, with many of the Jews who live in uh, Rome at that time. He's been telling them the gospel. Many of them have become believers. Uh, we do know that there was already a church established in Rome as well. And so Paul is doing work with the church, uh, spreading the gospel, doing what he can despite his imprisonment by the Roman government. And look at what it says at the conclusion to this book. Acts chapter 28, starting in verse 30, it says, and Paul lived there for two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. So, so Paul has gone through these amazing journeys throughout the Mediterranean region of the world. He has uh, led people to believe in Jesus, making disciples. He's established churches and cities all over this area. Um, and then he ends up going down to Jerusalem. And in Jerusalem, he is accused of uh, creating riots and spreading word of a, a false king, namely Jesus. He's arrested um, by the Roman government. And he goes and sees several Roman officials officials and, and leaders, and then ultimately he requests to go before Caesar. So they put him on a ship uh, in northern Israel, and he travels in this ship through the northern Mediterranean up to the city of Rome, uh, where he awaits, right now, he awaits to stand before Caesar to tell about Jesus. Now, it's an odd ending to the book of Acts because it feels like the book of Acts has been leading up to him seeing Caesar. Uh, but Luke, the author of Acts, doesn't actually tell us what happens with Paul's interaction with Caesar. But we do know from later writings from other church follow fathers, in other words, uh, church leaders that happened after uh, this, the, what happens in the Bible, these early church fathers do give us a glimpse as to what happened in the life of Paul. So Paul had probably written the book of Romans, which is uh, the book right after Acts in our Bible. He wrote the book of Romans and he probably wrote it just a few years before he went up to Rome to await, uh, to stand trial before Caesar. Um, and he's imprisoned in Rome. While he's imprisoned, he writes Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, uh, Philemon, um, and then, according to an early church father named Clement, uh, so he lived somewhere around 95 AD, which would have been about 30 years after what we're talking about here with Paul. Uh, Clement writes that Paul did go see and stand before Caesar. He testified in front of Caesar. And then Caesar found nothing wrong with him, so he released him from imprisonment. And Paul then went from uh, Rome and traveled all the way west into Spain, spreading the gospel, telling people about Jesus all the way into Spain. Um, during this time, he probably wrote the books of 1 Timothy and Titus, which are also found in our New Testament. Uh, those were books specifically written to uh, two church leaders, two guys named Timothy and Titus, who were pastors, leaders in the church, and he gives them instruction on how to lead well. Then Clement records that Paul is rearrested, taken back to Rome, and imprisoned there. Uh, while he's there, he probably writes the book of 2 Timothy. Um, and then uh, we find out from Clement and a few other early church fathers that somewhere during that second imprisonment, uh, Paul is found guilty through some means 
and he is ultimately condemned to death and he is ultimately at the end beheaded for his belief in Jesus. But I want you to notice something here. Paul, through his entire life, is focused solely on one thing. His life is focused on serving Jesus and telling others about Jesus. Paul's whole ministry, his whole life centered, he gave up his career, he gave up his relationships, he gave up his reputation in order to serve his savior, in order to serve Jesus. And when Paul goes out and does this, he writes all these letters to churches, as I've mentioned before, And in a few of the letters that he wrote to churches in his teachings, he gives an analogy that applies to us today. Because today I want us to talk about ending well. Uh, We're talking about the end of a series that we've been on for many, many months, a series where we've gone through the book of Acts, and now we are at the very end of the book of Acts. And, And we see the end of Paul's ministry through Acts and through the writings of some of these early church fathers. And so I want us to take a few moments today and I want us to focus on an analogy, an illustration that Paul gives us about what Jesus calls us to do. So in 1 Timothy 4 and 2 Corinthians 9, Paul gives us an illustration of running a race. And listen to what he says here. 1 Timothy 4 verses 7 through 8, he says, "'Have nothing to do with irreverent and silly myths.'" Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way because it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And then now listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 9, verses 23 through 27. He says, I do all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race, all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we do it for an imperishable reward. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but instead I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Paul gives the illustration of an athlete training and then competing and then ending well. And so what can we learn from Paul, from his life and from his teachings, his instructions uh, as to uh, how we conclude our ministry? You know, we're concluding this series on the book of Acts. We've called it the church. And how do we conclude well? Well, I think we first and foremost just need to go to Paul's own words on this, this topic. You know, Paul makes it clear about three things. If you go into the passages that we read and other passages where he gives this same illustration, he gives us three things. He instructs us to train for the race. Then secondly, he instructs us to run the race well with the intent of winning, of reaching the goal. And then he says to end the race well. Uh, And so 
That leads me to today's big idea. If you've ever listened to one of my messages, you know that I usually give one simple statement that kind of summarizes the main point, the main drive of that week's message. And today's big idea is this. Jesus put you in the race, not in the stands. Let me say that again. Jesus put you in the race, not in the stands. You see, your journey as a follower of Jesus is a journey of action. We're never called to be bystanders. We're called to be a massive part of whatever mission Jesus has for us. We're not called to watch the race. We're called to run the race. And that's something that Paul teaches quite extensively here. Uh, but before I go any further, let me ask this. Some of you may be watching or listening right now and maybe uh, Jesus, this whole Jesus thing is new to you or, or maybe you've got questions about Jesus. Maybe the idea of, of having purpose and having a goal in life, having something greater than yourself, maybe that sparks some curiosity in your heart. Maybe you've got a deep feeling down inside that's driving you towards asking questions about Jesus. Uh, let me just say, Jesus was and he is the son of God. He came as the son of God to this earth to, to teach us about God, to teach us about himself, and to ultimately die on a cross to save us from our sins. Um, we are all sinners. We all disobey God. That's what sin is. We all do uh, miss doing the right that we know we should do. That also is sin. And because we're sinners, because we are disconnected with God, from God, that means that there is a consequence to those sins, to that disobedience, to the wrongs that we do. And that consequence without Jesus is a, an eternity of punishment, an eternity of death. But Jesus died on a cross to save you, to rescue you from the consequences of your sin. And if you would believe in him, that he died on that cross and on the third day he rose from the grave in victory over sin and victory over death, if you believe in him and dedicate your life to him, then your life, your eternity will not be eternal punishment, it will be eternal life with Jesus. And so if you've got questions about that, if you wanna know more about what following Jesus looks like, believing in Jesus looks like, then I want you to reach out to us. Go down into the post of this video, click on our virtual connect card, or just go straight to our website to the contact us page. Fill out that brief little form, and I would love to personally reach out to you and answer any questions that you may have about Jesus and what it means to follow Jesus. So please do that right now. Pause this video, click on that virtual connect card or go to our website to the contact us page and fill that out. And I would love to reach out to you and answer any of those questions you may have. So now back to what we're talking about here. We are called to be in the race, not in the stands. So, so let's think about this analogy and what Paul teaches about this for a moment. First, I said that Paul calls us to train for the race that he's put us in. So are you training for the race? In other words, 
Are you preparing yourself to live out and share the gospel with others, with those around you? Second Timothy, one of the other books that Paul wrote, Second Timothy chapter three, verses 16 and 17 say, says this, all scripture, in other words, the entire Bible is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent and equipped for every good work. You see, when I was in track, when I was in high school and was training in track, I trained every day of the week except Sunday. You know, I worked really hard. I would run and run and run, but I didn't do it alone. I, I trained with a team. And the, the other people that were on my team, they pushed me and they, they challenged me and they helped me to be a better runner in the race that I was assigned to. Uh, I trained with others. Uh, it wasn't a lone wolf project. It was something I did with others with, as a group. And so when we train as followers of Jesus, what are we called to do? We're called to be connected as a family with other believers, connected into a group where we can train in the gospel together, where we can learn about Jesus and grow in Jesus. We can encourage one another and support one another. We can walk alongside each other when we go through difficult times. You see, we're not designed by God to live out our faith alone. We've been designed by God to live out our faith in a community. We were designed to study God's word within the context of a community. And so if you want to train for the race that God has placed you in, that Jesus has placed you in, then you must train with a group. So if you're not connected to a group, please reach out to us. We would love to get you connected to either one of our in-person or online groups. So please, again, go to that virtual connect card. It's, it's a, uh, in the post of this video. Click on that virtual connect card or go to our website and click on the contact us page and we'll get you connected to a group of believers that you can train for the race with, that you can be prepared for the mission, the, the race that God has for your life. So Jesus put you in the race, not in the stands. And that means that we need to be training. The second thing that it means is that we need to actually run the race. But here's the thing. I think that too many of us get wrapped up in running the wrong race, or maybe we get to looking towards the wrong goal in the race we're running. You know, Jesus has placed us in a specific race. You know, when I was in track, I ran, again, I ran 800 and the pole vault. And the reason I ran the 800 was because I was a terrible sprinter. I can run, but I'm not super fast. And so the 800 fit my skill set much, much better. God didn't make me to be a sprinter. He made me to be that mid-distance runner. Uh, and so that's what I did. Our race is very specific to each of our makeup, our, our personality, our wiring, and it's very specific to the place and the people that God has placed us in the midst of. But 
We have to look for those specific races and what the goal is in that race. You see, I could run an 800 and get a few laps, you know, an 800 is two laps around the track. I could get that first lap run and as I'm running the second lap, I could get distracted by the food cart and run off of the track with the goal to go get a hot dog. But let's be honest, that's not the goal of the race that I was supposed to be running. The goal was the finish line. And so if I get distracted while running that race and I run off to go get a hot dog instead of finishing the race and crossing the goal, the, the finish line, then what was the point in my being in that race at all? And so we, in the same way, need to recognize the race that Jesus has us in and the goal that he has for us in that race. Uh, so let me give you some examples. Every single one of you watching has relationships with other people. Well, what is the race that God has for each and every one of your relationships? What's the goal in all of your relationships that you may have? Are you influencing those around you for Jesus? Are you using your relationships, whether they be friends or family or coworkers or neighbors or whatever, are you using your influence with the people in your life to show them the love of Jesus, to show them the life-changing hope of Jesus? And that's something that we should be striving for. That is a goal that Jesus has for our relationships. Um, in your career, you do realize that you can use your career and Jesus is calling you to use your career for him. Maybe it's uh, using your career and speaking into the lives of uh, fellow employees or uh, coworkers. Maybe it's to leverage uh, resources through your business, through your career for the work of Jesus. Uh, by your life and your words at work, are you a shining light of the life-changing hope of Jesus? To not utilize your career for Jesus would be a missed finish line in the race that Jesus has for you. It's a distraction. Use your career for his purposes, for his race. Uh, here's another example. Parents and grandparents, are you using the goal that Jesus has in your life are you using Jesus to influence your children and grandchildren? Are you training them up to follow Jesus? Do you talk about Jesus and talk about his word day in and day out at your home the way Deuteronomy 6 instructs us to? Do you bring them to church so that they can train with other children in the context of a, a church setting? Are you living your faith out in front of them during the week, leaning into your faith and teaching them about what faith looks like practically because you're living it out Monday through Saturday? Yeah. Uh, lastly, how are you using your time and your resources for Jesus? Those are part of what is involved in the race. You see, we all are in a race with the gospel. And our goal is to obey Jesus, to follow him, and to lead others to follow him. That's what Paul did, and that's what Paul teaches us. And so we need to train for the race, 
Because again, Jesus has placed us in the race, not in the stands. So we need to train for the race and we need to run in the race, especially the correct race with the correct goal. And lastly, we need to be preparing ourselves to finish the race well. We need to prepare ourselves to finish well. You know, when I was in track, uh, I would run the 800. And again, the 800 is two full laps around the track. And so what I started doing when I first started out doing the 800 is I would come off the, uh, you know, off the starting line and I would run as hard as I could. And I would make it around the track one time and then I'd make it about halfway. And then all of a sudden I'd run out of gas. I'd get, I, all my energy would be used up and that last half of the lap, I would slow down and be exhausted and I would get passed by everybody because I, I had nothing left. And so as I was training, my coach sat down with me and instructed me that I needed to think about how to reach the end, how to reach the finish line as best as possible, uh, how to make sure that each race was run to its best conclusion. And that has multiple implications for us. We are called to continually be running the race for Jesus. In good times and bad times, continually pointing people to Jesus and the life-changing hope that can only be found in Jesus. You know, we need to make sure that in every facet of our life, we're finishing well. I'm not just talking about the end of our life. Uh, obviously, we want to, uh, the end of our life to be finished well, but there are smaller races that Jesus has us in that we need to finish well also. It, it applies to ending uh, a, a season of life with your children, for example. Maybe your child is uh, finishing up high school and is looking to go off to college and move away from the house. Well, that's a race that you want to make sure you end well, that through their senior year and moving into their freshman year of college, that you are continually pointing them to Jesus, training them in Jesus, helping them transition out of high school into college, pursuing Jesus, that you make sure that they find a godly group of people, a church family to get plugged into wherever they end up for college. Uh, another example uh, of ending a, maybe a smaller race is maybe the end of a career. Maybe you're moving on to a different job or you're coming up on a, a retirement. Ending well may mean that Jesus is calling you to do something intentional with your career and with the people that you've been working with to leverage that influence and end well by pointing them to Jesus. You know, maybe uh, it's the end of living in a certain location. Maybe you're about to move and maybe there's something that you could do in your neighborhood uh, or in the church that you're at that you may be moving away from or going into a new church. Maybe there's something that Jesus is pointing you to do to end well and maybe even start well. The, the idea here, guys, is that we are placed in a race. We are never called to be bystanders. And the fact of the matter is, is in the midst of that race, we train, we run the race well, and we end the race well. We cross that finish line. And ultimately, this whole illustration is about following Jesus 
and leading others to follow Jesus. That, after all, is the great commission that we find at the end of the book of Matthew, where Jesus, his last words in that book is to go and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that Jesus taught. That's the race, making disciples, leading people to follow Jesus. Just like that statement on the wall says, leading every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. That's the race. And Jesus calls us to live out that race, live out that mission. Whether things are good or bad, that's our race for him. So what's your race? In your specific setting, in your context, in the, with the people that are in your life, what are the big and little races that Jesus has for you? And are you training? Are you running that race? And are you ending that race well? Let's go to the Lord and let's talk to the Lord about our races. Join me in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you that you give us purpose. You give us mission. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to train well, that you would help us to get involved in with a group of believers that we can be connected with, that we can live life together, that we can train together by studying your word, that we can encourage and lift one another up. Lord, I also pray that you would help us to see the, the various races, the big ones and little ones that we are living out in our lives right now, the races that you have placed us in. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand that we're never called to be in the stands. We're never called to be bystanders. We're, we're called to run the race. So help us to get in that race and help us to run with all we've got with the end goal that we end well, we cross the finish line, making disciples, teaching people to follow everything that you've taught us to do. Lord, help us to live our lives that way, intentionally, with purpose for you. Lord, we pray that you'll help us to see through your Holy Spirit, impact our minds and hearts to see the different facets of our life that you are calling us to run a race or reach a goal. So Lord, help us to see how we can use relationships, how we can use our career, our family, our resources, our time in order to run the race and end the race well for you. We thank you, Lord. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.